Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. If you have your Bible, turn it to Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter. Today is the fifth and final week of our series, Dating Destiny, and we're going to be talking about the power of right relationships, the power of right relationships. If you're joining us online today, thank you so much for joining us. I believe that God is going to touch your heart and your life today. But in Ecclesiastes 4th chapter, this is a powerful, powerful verse that really outlines for us the importance of the relationships that we're in. When we talk about destiny, you have to understand that your destiny is always connected to someone else. There's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's no such thing. You know, we want to think that it's me and Jesus and that's it and that's not biblical. God has designed us to be in relationship and it is our divine connections or divine relationships that actually help propel us into the future that God has prepared for us. Bob was telling me the other day, Bob has a successful business, they work on diesel engines. When he was coming out of high school, there was a person that said, Bob, you know, you can make some pretty good money working on diesel engines. That one statement forever changed your life. Think about that. Think about how different your life would be had that person not been connected to you at that time. And so divine connections are important to have the right relationships. It's a part of our destiny. Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, verse nine, the Bible says two are better than one. In other words, we're better together. It's like apple pie and ice cream. We're better together. Two are better than one because they have a good reward. Somebody say a good reward. A good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him. Here's the warning. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Several years ago when I was a kid, Gavin and I were out. Is Gavin in here or is he out in the foyer working? It's fun. When Gavin and I were kids, we went out on this four-wheeling excursion. And why this gentleman let us alone on these machines, I have no idea. But he and I, we're just going, we're riding wherever we want. And to be honest with you, we have no idea where we are or where we're going. And so when it came time for us to start heading back to the house, we're just riding aimlessly, like full tilt. I mean, you got to imagine like 10, 11-year-old kids on these big machines, not these small four-wheelers, big four-wheelers just going full tilt, aimlessly, don't know where we're going. And I thought, well, this looks like a good direction. And so I turned, and when I did, I went down in the steep embankment, and I got the four-wheeler stuck. And not only was the four-wheeler stuck, but it was briars everywhere. So I'm down there by myself. I'm cut up. The four-wheeler is standing on its end. There's no way for me to get out. There's no way for me to get the four-wheeler out. Thank God that Gavin was there. Because Gavin, being the friend that he is, got down in the hole with me. He got cut up with me. And together, we got out. Together, we were able to get the four-wheeler out. What I'm trying to say is it's good sometimes to have someone who will help you out. 
in life, there's going to be times where you get into a place to where you don't have the strength on your own to get yourself out of the situation that you're in. Sometimes you're not going to have enough joy to bring you out of the depression. Sometimes you're not going to have enough comfort to bring yourself out in a place of peace. And you need to be surrounded by godly people that can partner with you and help you out. Two are better than one. It is a good thing for us to be connected. It's healthy. Somebody say it's healthy. It's healthy for us to have right relationships. If you think about the beginning of time, when God created the heavens and the earth, he looks at every aspect of his creation and he says, it is what? Good. Good. Every bit of it. It is all good. But when he takes man and he places him in the garden alone, God then steps back. He pauses. He looks at it. And he says, this is not good. It's not good for man to be alone. So he creates for him woman, someone who can partner with him, someone that will have strengths and abilities that he doesn't have. See, you don't have all the strength you need on your own. You don't have all the ability you need on your own. So God has designed us to live together and dwell together with other people in community so that my strength can be lent to you and your strength can be lent to me. We were created and designed. This is important. You have to hear this. We were created and designed by God for community and connection. And there is great power when we come together. There's great power when we come together. It's like a battery. I don't know if you've ever hooked batteries up in a series. Every time you hook that battery into the next line or in in the series with another battery, did you know the voltage increases? The ability increases. The power to do what it could not do on its own increases. And that's how our life works. When we come together, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Two or three, are you hearing this? The two or three of us have the power to bring the presence of God. The two or three of us coming together in agreement for prayer has great power. See, your prayer by itself has power. No doubt about it. But when your power in prayer comes in contact with my power in prayer, something amazing happens. That's why we ask you, hey, send in your prayer request. Fill out a prayer card. It's not because we're wanting to be nosy. You don't even have to give us the details. We're doing it because there's power, Paul, when we agree together. And sometimes you don't have the strength on your own to pray yourself out. It's not that you don't have the ability to pray yourself out. It's that at that time, you, you're so you're so burdened with what you're going through that you, don't, you, you can't muster up what you need to muster up to pray your way out or to praise your way out. And you need somebody to come alongside of you and say, it's okay. I'm going to take you by the hand. I'm going to pull you out. We're going to make it. God still has a purpose for your life. God still has a plan for your life. He's not done with you yet. Are you hearing me? That's important. Divine connections, the right kind of connection is important because it increases our ability and our power. That's why Jesus likens the church to a body. All joined together. Individual members. 
but we're joined together. And what does it say? Every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. I strengthen you, you strengthen me. I encourage you, you encourage me. And the more it happens, man, there's something about that. I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation with someone where you start talking about the goodness of God and then they start talking about the goodness of God and then you start talking about the goodness of God. There's something powerful there. Because when you do that, man, you will feel, you will feel the presence of God step into that situation. And where there was depression, you'll find joy. Right. Where there was no comfort, you'll find peace. What, it's, it's us working together, sharpening one another. The Bible says in I, Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. And one man sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens Another, we're better together. That's why the enemy works overtime to bring division. Hear this. Anytime you see division, you see the work of Satan himself. Because division brings weakness. Division makes us vulnerable. Unity is where God is at work. Unity, he says, at that place, at that moment, that place of unity where people are dwelling together in unity, that's where I command my blessing. And so the enemy, knowing that, says, you know what, I'm going to bring division. And right now we are facing all kinds of division all over the world, neighbor against neighbor, family against family, over opinions. And we have not clued in to the fact that it is Satan at work dividing us because if he can pull us apart and shift our focus off of the main point, he can weaken us. It's like if you've ever watched a nature show, you see a lion on the prowl. That lion doesn't run right into the herd. That lion is looking for one of the animals that's out there just, you know, doing his thing and gets sidetracked by Hey, that piece of grass is pretty good. Have some of that grass. It's pretty good. Hey, what's going on? Where is everybody? What happened? That's the one the lion goes for because that, that animal's strength was within its pack. And when it was removed from the pack, it became vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. So that's what the enemy does. He tries to divide us because in dividing us, he weakens us. But a church that is unified, a people that is unified, that has one heart and one passion and one mission and one goal will change the world. You want to see God change our world? Stop complaining about everything. Stop pointing the finger at someone else and saying it's their fault. And no matter what the issue is, say, I believe that God has the ability to change this. And so I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe. We may not see eye to eye on this, but you know what we can't agree on? That God is good. That God is in control. And so that's what we're going to pray. God bless our nation. God bless our world. God, the lost need to be found. The, the brokenhearted need to be put back together. The sick need to be healed. That's what we're praying for instead of dividing one another. If you are a part of division, you're a part of the problem. If you're a part of unity, you're a part of the solution. I'm not saying don't have an opinion. Hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying don't have an opinion and don't have feelings. What I am saying is you have to do everything within your power to unify with the people of God because that's where power happens. Iron sharpens iron. Community is important, 
But you have to be connected to the right people. You can't just connect to anybody. You have to be connected to the right people because you will rise or fall to the level of your associations. If you're taking notes, you should write that down. You'll rise or fall to the level of your associations. If you're familiar with Jonah in Scripture and Paul in Scripture, you'll know that both of them are preachers. And at different points in history, they are both found on boats. Now get this. Jonah's boat is in trouble because he has been disobedient. And that ship is going to sink and everyone's life is in danger because Jonah is on that boat. The only way to save their life is to get Jonah out of the boat. Paul, on the other hand, he's on a boat. He's within the will of God. The favor of God is on him. The blessing of God is on him. A storm comes, it's wrecking the ship, and everyone is saved because Paul was on the boat. Who's in your boat? That, that, these are things that we need to be asking ourselves. If we're going to move forward in our destiny, our purpose, we need to consider who are we attaching our life to because the right person can propel us into our destiny, but the wrong person can sink our ship. Week one, we talked about Samson. Do you realize that his life was lost because he laid his head in the wrong person's lap? As mighty as he was, as anointed as he was, as strong as he was, and he did incredible things, his life was brought down because he connected to the wrong person. You've got to hear this today. The people you connect yourself to really matters because it can alter your destiny. Who is in your boat? Proverbs 13, 20, watch this. Whoever walks with the wise, we're talking about rising and falling to the level of our association. Whoever walks with the wise becomes what? What does it say? Wise. So in other words, if I hang out with some people that got godly wisdom, that godly wisdom is going to start rubbing off on me. But there's a second part to that verse. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. So if I'm constantly hanging out with foolish people, I'm going to end up doing foolish things and I'm going to wreck my life because of who I have connected myself to. Who you are connected to matters. Listen, if you're in middle school or high school, hear what I'm saying. Who you connect yourself to matters because it can alter your life. It can alter your destiny. It can alter your future. Samson lost his life because he connected to the wrong person. Who you connect yourself to with matters. Who you hang out with matters. Who you allow to influence you matters. Good connections will lend you their strength when you have none left. That's why a good connection is so important. Because they lend you strength when you have none left. I was thinking about the story in Exodus, the 17th chapter, verse 8. It's, it's a beautiful story that, that, that shows the power of being connected to the right people. Watch this, 17.8 of Exodus. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. 
Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses, Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. So in other words, as long as he stood like this, Israel was winning. But as soon as his hands started to drop, they started losing. So watch what happens. Moses' hands grew weary. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how anointed you are. There are going to be times in your life where you grow weary. And Moses here, his hands grow weary. So they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And while he was there, Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady. His hands were steady because he had some friends and they were able to defeat their enemy. Oh my God, please hear this this morning. Moses, the mighty man of God, the man who talked with God, got tired. And if he wouldn't have had anyone around him to help him in his time of need, they would have lost the battle. You've got to have people around you that when you're down will come and say, let me lift you up. I'm not going to put you down. I'm not going to remind you of your faults and your failures. I'm going to remind you of who you are in Christ Jesus, that you are a child of God, that you are loved of God. You are called according to his purpose. Your life isn't over and your story doesn't end here. Maybe you don't have anyone else in your life to tell you that, but hear me today. I'll be your friend. Your story doesn't end here. God has a purpose, a plan, and a destiny for you. Get back up and keep on moving. See, we, a lot of times we don't have friends like this because misery loves company. When I'm miserable, I like to find other people that are miserable because it makes me feel a little bit better. And what happens is we start feeding off of one another. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. I don't need someone to step in and feel sorry for me. A real friend isn't going to step in and just feel sorry for me. A real friend is going to give me some truth even if it hurts. And a real friend is going to encourage me. A real friend is going to stand by me. A real friend is going to say, you know what? We're coming out. We're coming out together. You're not in this thing alone. That's what the church is supposed to be, by the way. Brothers and sisters, friends, joined together, working together, lifting one another up. But how can we lift people up if we're always burdened? And that's the that's the part that really bothers me when I look at the church as a whole we come to church week in week out and we all come in burdened and we remain there hear what I'm saying you may not like it and you can find another church after after I tick you off we remain in our burden because one we don't have the right people around us and two we won't open our mouth and declare the praises of our God We won't worship, we won't praise, we won't pray because I care too much about what Sally thinks about me. You know what? I don't care what you think about me. When I find my path to victory, I'm going to walk on it. I know what prayer can do. I know what praise can do. And so you may look at me like I'm a fool, but I'll be a free fool. 
I'll be a fool that lives in some victory. I'll be a fool that has some joy. I'll be a fool that goes to bed at night with some peace, not worried about everything that's going on around me because I've got a God who's in control. And I don't mind saying, thank you, Jesus, for helping me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. You want to change your life? Change how you communicate. We'll deal with that in another sermon. But I want, I want to get to the point to where you walk in and you've got victory. That's, that's what this is about, discipling you on how to get victory in your life, to understand that God's got something amazing for you. If you're always miserable, that's not the plan of God for your life. doesn't mean that everything's going to be sunshine and roses. We're going to have troubles. We're going to have trials. The Bible teaches us that. But the Bible says in the book of James, you can have joy in those trials. Do you know why you can have joy in the trials? Because you're more than a conqueror. You're a winner. You're not a loser. The enemy, you know, the Bible says that Satan goes around like a roaring lion. He's not an actual lion. Jesus is the lion. Satan just imitates what he's seen. He's seen the lion on the throne. He's heard the roar. And so he thinks, you know what? I'll go around like that and I'll roar. And he has you afraid and he has people afraid. And sometimes he gets me afraid, but he's a little pussycat with a big roar. When you understand that God is bigger than any attack that the enemy has, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, you will walk around with your head high knowing that you are more than a conqueror. You are victorious. You are a champion. God and Satan aren't in some eternal realm having a wrestling match, arm wrestling one another, trying to figure out who's going to win the souls of people. Jesus has the victory. Satan is under his feet. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Do you know what that means? That means he's under your feet. You need to start taking the dominion that God gave to you in the beginning that Jesus won back to you through his shed blood. And stop living like a loser. This is real talk right here. See, some, some of us don't even understand what salvation is. If I said, what is salvation? would say, well, if you believe that Jesus is the Lord and you ask him in your heart, you'll go to heaven. That's all you know about it. And that's a wonderful truth. If I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God, if I believe that he died on the cross, that God rose him from the dead, I'll be saved. That's what the Bible teaches but there's more to salvation than just an eternal reward. There's victory in this life. There's prosperity in this life. There's success in this life. There is being the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, moving forward and not going back. Joy and peace and strength, they all come from God and they are gifts that have been given to you. Take hold of them and stop allowing the enemy to step in and steal your peace. You're more than enough because Jesus is enough. You're more than enough because Jesus is enough. I know that you've had a rough go at life and there's been things that have tried to destroy you and there's been things that have tried to derail you, but you've got to know that you're loved by God. God has chosen you. He has a purpose for your life. And if you'll link up with him and get the right connections in your life and cut off the wrong connections, he'll do something amazing in your life. And you'll look back and you'll go, wow, I can't believe that's where I used to be because I'm completely different. And it's because Jesus did it. So stop listening to anyone that says you're, you're not going to make it or you're going to fail or you're going to be stuck here forever because that's a lie from hell. You have freedom because Jesus has set you free. Learn to start walking in that freedom. Amen? Whew, God is good.
Everyone, this is more of like a teaching today, by the way. But everyone can influence someone, but not everyone has the right to influence me. Did you catch that part? Everyone can influence someone, but not everyone has the right to influence me. Psalm 1-1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. There are people that I cannot lend my ear to because they don't have godly counsel and godly wisdom. And if the blind leads the blind, Jesus says, guess what? You're going to wind up in a ditch. Some of us wind up in ditches in life because we're following the wrong voice. We've got to learn how to discern what is the voice of God coming through an individual and what is the voice of the enemy coming through an individual. And I've got to learn to turn my back on the negative voices around me because they can alter my destiny. The voice you listen to will shape your future. Are you hearing that? The voice you listen to will determine your future. That's why last week we talked about David and Goliath. And there's a part in the story that most people skip over. You know, the entire army, they're scared of this giant Goliath. David shows up. He's got some confidence in the Lord. He says, I'm going to take that sucker out. The part we miss is his brothers start telling him to get lost. His brothers start belittling him. Read it for yourself. What are you doing here? Where'd you leave those few sheep? In other words, you're insignificant. You don't even belong here. The Bible says David turned his back on them. David turned his back on his brothers because his brothers weren't speaking into his destiny. If he would have listened to the wrong voice, it would have altered the entire story and we wouldn't be talking about it today. You can't allow everyone to have influence in your life. You can't allow everyone to have a voice in your life. You love everyone. You're kind to everyone. But not everyone has a seat at your table. If you're not headed in the same direction that I'm heading, you don't have a seat at my table. And you don't have a voice in my life. Examine their fruit before you eat from their tree. Jesus said, Debbie, that we'll know people by their fruit. So if I can stare at you long enough and see what you're producing, I can see what you're all about. And if you're not producing what I want in my life, then I'm not going to hang around long enough to start picking your fruit. I've got to identify people who have what I desire and start hanging around them and start picking their fruit. If I'm having trouble in my relationship, I need to find people who God has brought through trouble sometimes. I need to find some people that God has healed their marriage and start hanging around them to see how God can heal my marriage. Are you following what I'm saying? Stop getting directions from someone who's never gone where you're trying to go. <laughs> I mean, why would you take financial advice from someone who's broke and never had any money? That's called stupidity. There's people out there on the internet, they want to tell you how to prosper, and they, don't, they themselves have never prospered. They're hoping you'll buy their plan on prosperity so that they can prosper through you trying to prosper through them. If someone has not been where you are trying to go, then stop taking directions from them. If that's in business, if that's in sports, if that's in music, whatever it is, find someone who has accomplished what you're trying to accomplish and start hanging around them. Allow their fruit to start rubbing off on you. 
Does that click with you? I told the first service because there was a golfer. If you want to be a better golfer, hang out with people who are better golfers than you. Most of us, we want to be the best golfer on the course. Well, you've set your ceiling. Not me. I always want to hang out with people who are better than me. I want to learn from them. I want to gain wisdom from them. So examine their fruit before you eat from their tree. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. There's two more things that I want to give to you very quickly and I'll close. But these are important. Don't waste your investment on people who don't value what you have inside of you. Don't waste your investment on people who don't value what's inside of you. A lot of people get stuck in debt in relationships because the person they're in a relationship with doesn't value what they have on the inside of them. They want to use them, but they don't value them. Jesus said it this way, Paul, he said, don't cast your pearls before the swine. If you are trying to help somebody out, because, because in a relationship, you're always going to be either someone's going to be helping you or you need to be helping someone. But if I'm helping someone because I care about that person and they're not honoring the gift that's inside of me or they're not valuing what's inside of me, then they are using me. And that's not a beneficial relationship. I need to remove myself from it. Find people who will celebrate you and not just tolerate you. These are like million-dollar quotes, man. I should write a book. In a relationship, find someone who's going to celebrate you and not tolerate you. And I promise you, you will find somebody who will celebrate you. You can find somebody that thinks you are God's, give, God's earth to this creation, God's gift to this earth. You can find that. The final thing <laughs> I'll say is this. When you find a divine connection, guard it. The two most valuable things we have on this earth are our time and our relationships. And we can't afford to squander either of them. When you find somebody that God has placed in your life for the purpose of furthering your destiny, honor that person. Cherish that person. Treat that person with respect value that relationship and if you ever do anything to offend them seek forgiveness and if they've ever done anything to offend you seek to forgive them because nothing is worth cutting that that the value of that relationship off don't allow offense to stand in between you and a divine connection so many times people get their feelings hurt and so they cut someone off that needs to be in their life When you find that relationship, understand how valuable it is and honor it, cherish it, value it, because your honor is what allows you to make a withdrawal from what's inside of them. Would you stand with me? I hope you got something from that this morning. But that's you know, when we talk about our destiny, we've got, to be, we've got to be very careful who we allow in to play a part in that. That's why these, these messages are so important. We've got to be 
very careful who we allow to attach themselves to our life because they can either sink our boat or cause us to walk on water. If you're watching right now online, I want to pray that God would touch your heart and that he would begin to reveal to you the right relationships, that he'll start bringing right relationships into your life, and that he'll help you notice those things that need to be cut off. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know who they are. You know where they are. You know what they're going through. You know what they need, Father, and you are the supplier of everything that we need. So I'm asking that you would send right relationships into their life. Surround them with people that can comfort them and strengthen them, encourage them, and let it be a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship. And Lord, if there's anyone in our life that needs to be cut out, Lord, as, as difficult as it may be, Lord, help us to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.